Welcome to the latest episode of Quarren Stream, yet another Cinesnob podcast. My name is Jared Kingery. This is Cody Viafania. Cody, we have a, uh, another guest uh, joining us today. Uh, he is a comedian out of New York City, Mr. Andy Fiore. Andy, welcome. Hey, boys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hope you're doing well. Thanks. I hope you are, too. Um, you and I met, um, as we talked about a little before the show, a few times at Moon Tower uh, Comedy Fest over the years uh, when you were working for uh, The Bonfire on Sirius XM. Sure. Um, and you've since uh, moved on to your own show there, The Raw Report. Uh, that's that's every, correct. That's every Thursday. That's on Raw Dog Comedy, correct? Raw. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And then uh, um, another the thing that got me interested in asking you to do this sh- this uh, show is uh, your podcast with Sean Donnelly, uh, Defend Your Film. I'm sorry, Defend Your yeah, Movie. Yeah, Defend Your Movie. Yeah, I, that's all film right. Film Movie, um, which is, uh, I, I've listened to, I was listening to a, uh, an episode just a little while ago. Out, I was sitting out, I, I might take my outside time uh, in a hammock. <laughs> so I sure. lay in a hammock and listen to podcasts and I was listening to you talk about uh, kids movies. Uh, oh, great. I guess the most recent episodes. So um, um, I figured you'd be a, a good one to talk to uh, about this, um, being that you seem to have a, a depth of film knowledge that, that most people don't seem to have. Oh, boy. I mean, uh, maybe I'm over failure I, right there. Maybe I'm overselling it. But uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, me and Shawnee get together. Uh, we've been doing twice a week episodes now because of the quarantine. So uh, if you like to uh over 40 chubby comedians yelling at each other this is the movie podcast for you <laughs> i noticed uh uh sean shaved his beard i saw that on instagram for charity it's uh it it's yeah he what was the charity uh um well we don't know because shawnee goes uh yeah you just you just send the money to my venue oh that's so right. it's either a uh some sort of uh ponzi scheme or he's gonna have a, a whole new wardrobe coming out i never, heard a, ch- I never heard a charity just go to somebody's personal venmo handle before so <laughs> yeah, they'll we'll handle the, the transaction from there <laughs> but he looks like a different human being <laughs> yeah he does i actually uh a bunch of comics who live in astoria which is a part of queens uh we all kind of live near, near each other and we all kind of socially distanced in the park last week so uh-huh. it was weird to see him in fa- uh, face to face without that very sean donnelly beard it was Blew my mind. <laughs> it's a it's a very it's a I mean that's the cover of your podcast is his face so it's <laughs> yeah exactly. Uh, so uh, it obviously with uh, this whole uh, coronavirus thing, comedy clubs are shut down. Uh, how have you been handling that? Uh, you know it's rough. I miss stand up so so much, and I miss seeing everybody so much, and uh, you know that's. Uh, I obviously, you know, I work in radio as well, but that's the majority of my life has been doing that. So it's been tough, man. But um, like I said, we've we've upped our own podcast a month. And now that the Sirius XM show, everybody's pretty much up to speed on doing Zoom interviews. So we've actually gotten a pretty good caliber of guests. Yeah. Since the quarantine has happened. <laughs> That's We're that's one of like the... A-list actors and stuff like that. So in that regard, it's been pretty good. But it's tough on everybody, man. You know, like I live alone. Sean Donnelly lives alone. So it gets lonely. But, you know, as long as we're you're trying to do your part and stay safe in the home and hopefully we can get back to stand up sooner than later, because uh, that's unfortunately, I think, going to be one of the last things to come back is, you know, group gatherings and close 
you know, basements. <laughs> which is yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the New York, like, that's the New York scene is a lot of basements, right? Yeah, it's or just, a lot just of small like rooms. small, low-ceilinged rooms and, uh, you know, people <laughs> sitting on top of one another. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was funny. Sean made a joke the other day. He's like, yeah, you spit a lot when you're on stage, too. I was like, oh, that's not going to be good for business. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I was uh, uh, thinking about that the other day when um, you see, like, these, uh, like, movie theaters are supposed to be, yeah. you know, they're, they're reopening at, at 25% capacity or whatever. So it's like every four seats. I just don't know right. how you could do that in any sort of comedy club and have that be any kind of, of enjoyable experience for either the audience or the comic on stage. Yeah, yeah. They started to do that right before everything shut down. Like at the Comedy Cellar, we were doing um, like half capacity. Uh, oh, wow. And that was even that was uh, before everything was really heavily enforced. So I did like a headlining show, I think it was March 12th now. So the last time I've gone on stage, it hasn't been that long since I started. And that was a weird, like half filled room with everybody. They didn't have like the six feet apart thing yet, but it was different. It was really weird. They're, they're doing that here locally in Texas where, um, they're, uh, Texas can now have places open. Like restaurants can be at 25% capacity. And there are some clubs that are opening starting this weekend, at that and I can't imagine that's an, an enjoyable experience to to play to like even if you're selling out you're playing to a quarter right. full room. Was that the at the comedy club in Addison or was that in San Antonio? A- Addison and Houston are are opening this weekend, the improvs there and then San Antonio's opening the next weekend for that. That's oh. that's crazy. Um going back to the to the Zoom thing, it is like you said, it is kind of crazy how fast everyone picked that up. Yeah, it it took SiriusXM about a week and a half for everybody to get comfortable with it. And then uh, you kind of learn the pacing and rhythm of it a little differently because it it kind of lags a bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of nice in that regard. You just get up and walk over to your living room and then you go, (laughs) all right, I'm at work. And then it's easy. uh, Like you can get the, like you said, the big select, like the huge guests you can get. Yeah. uh, You know. People because are they're... still making things and, pe- and things are still coming out. So, uh, you know, people have to plug stuff. And who's the, I who's think the also big... people are bored, too. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah why not? Who's the, biggest, oh. uh, who's the biggest guest you've gotten during that setup? Oh, let's see. We had a – I mean, you guys are movie people, so the, you might know the name. Not necessarily like huge stars, but we had Debbie Mazar. We had Joe Pantoliano right. last week. Oh, wow. Oh, right before he got hurt, right? Yeah, right before he got hurt. It was the second time he's been on our show, and he's a sweet, sweet guy. That's awesome. I love, I love him in The Sopranos. Uh, He's so great, Ralphie Cifaretto in The Sopranos, and uh, he was plugging this. They did like a Goonies reunion thing. Oh yeah, with uh, Josh Gad hosting. Yeah, but we had a really heavy uh, Italian mafia. We had Chris uh, um, Imperioli on. Oh wow, awesome! So we were able to really Jersey mafia it up. (laughs) <laughs> I saw he does a podcast now with uh, Steve Sharippa on The Sopranos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if there's two guys that are going to talk about The Sopranos, they're like rewatching The Sopranos. Like every other Sopranos oh, rewatch best. podcast has to be just dead in the water <laughs> now that those two guys are doing it. Uh, yeah, yeah uh, we've we've been doing this remotely for a while. Cody and I are in two different cities. I'm in Austin. He's in San Antonio. So it's it's kind of a uh, old old news to us, but it, it's sure. it's cool how everybody just sort of jumped in and, and and is willing to do it. Not even just that they have to do it, but they want to do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people need things to do. You know, that's 
getting back to your earlier question, probably the harder thing is that, you know, I still am keeping busy with the radio and stuff, but, uh, personally, it's like, I can only watch so many movies and TV shows (laughs) in one day. Uh, so I I turned on the PlayStation four again. Uh, I'm really trying to keep busy here, but, um, yeah, it seems that people are really just willing to hop on and talk to complete strangers across the country. <laughs> that, that's how, that's how we booked you. I was like, Hey, I know <laughs> I, I've met Andy a couple times and I know he likes movies. So let's ask him. And, Absolutely, uh, man. no, it was, it's very cool. Did. I'm happy to be here. Very cool for you to join us. Um, uh, so the, the kind of premise of this show is we're asking people what they're watching during quarantine. Right. Um, and you know, we've, we've uh we're movie guys so so we've kind of been uh talking movies it's a little hard to recommend tv shows because you it's a it can be a huge investment so the idea is uh we're gonna we're gonna give you a couple of recommendations okay for something to watch during quarantine and you're gonna give us one give you um you're gonna pick from one of those and then you're gonna give us a movie to watch and then we'll talk about it on our next episode but first i want to know what you've been watching right uh currently well, not to break your TV show rule, but I just watched <laughs> literally in one day the new Greg Daniels show on uh, Amazon. Uh, it's it's I, called Upload. I haven't yeah. seen it. Cody, Cody, you watched it all, right? Yeah, I've, I watched it all. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, what'd you think, Cody? I liked it. I sat and really wa- I knocked it out in like literally five hours. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it, it took me a while for me to sort of get my bearings with it because it's so different than it, anything Greg Daniels has ever done like by a long shot. Um, yeah. and I, I thought that there was, um, I, I think it's funny. I don't think that it's entirely a comedy. I think there's a lot of other stuff at play there. And I also think that there's a lot left on the table. And if I, if there's one thing I didn't like is that there's like a huge social commentary that's sort of left untouched. But, uh, even with that, I, I was finding myself really enjoying it and, and really enjoying the story and the idea behind it all. Yeah, for sure. I, I liked it. Anything else, uh, TV wise? Uh, TV wise, I gave the wire a rewatch. It had been about 10 years. I think I I didn't watch it the first time around in live real time, but I wasn't far behind it. So enough time had passed where I was like, Oh yeah, right, right, right. (laughs) I'm ashamed. uh, I'm ashamed to say I've never seen the wire. Here's my thing. I think it's great and it's good, but I was not as amped as I was on the second time around. And I know people really kill me for that. But I'm more of a Sopranos guy and a Breaking Bad guy than the Wire guy. There, you find like those three camps of people. Yeah, you yeah. Know, are usually, like Donnelly, my buddy, is a, a passionate Wire fan, and he'll scream at me till he's hoarse about how it's better <laughs> than the other two I mentioned. You know, Have you- the, the funny thing about the Wire is is the Wire is in this group of TV shows because I haven't seen it either. But it's in this group of TV shows where what are you like guys doing down there. I, I'm, <laughs> I I've rewatched The Sopranos like six times. So same here, same here. that's what I'm but, doing. <laughs> but The Wire is in this group of TV shows where I've heard, like, I've tried to watch it before, and I've started the pilot, and it just wasn't, nothing was clicking for me. And anytime someone is like, oh, wait, you have to wait for it to get going, you have to wait till, like, season two right. or episode six for it to get, I'm like, I don't I don't have time to wait for it to get good. <laughs> yeah, well, that first season is a little bit of a slow burn. It does really pick up, though. And I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, each season kind of takes on a different format of, or, like, yeah. kind of branch of the city. You know, like schools, newspaper, cops. It, it, so it's it's a cool, like kind of a unique thing there. But um, it, it definitely was a lot slower than I remembered. You're right. 
it, it got totally overshadowed by The Sopranos for me at the time. And of course, that was in the days when you, you know, you had to watch it when it was on. You know, you couldn't just catch up with it on streaming. I don't, I don't even right, remember when right. The Wire started. I think it was the, was it the late 90s or early 2000s? Because it was pretty much concurrent with The Sopranos, yes. if I remember yeah. correctly. Mm-hmm. It was right around that time frame. It might have been um, it might have been a little later in the Sopranos run. I want to say maybe like oh two or oh three even. Um, okay, but they were definitely on simultaneously. So it wasn't like you could just like now when I'm like people have been talking about Succession. That's another one that oh yeah that great. I've heard is great, uh, but I haven't I haven't cracked into that one yet. There's there's and then Succession the, is fun. That's what I've heard. Uh, that's got a Culkin in it, right? Yeah, it's got uh, a yeah. Culkin. I don't know which one. They really it's... they popped up like Wayans's. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when they were all like in uh um did you ever see it's called this is uh kind of a deep cut into the nineties. It was called originally it was called uh something like uh It Runs in the Family. And then I think <laughs> they changed it to My Summer Story. And it no. was, uh, it it was sounds, a, my summer story kind of sounds familiar, but it was a sequel. It. it was a sequel to a Christmas story. Oh, and really? It, and uh, yeah. And, and Kieran Culkin played the Ralphie character. I think Rory Culkin played the little brother. Uh, the old man, instead of Darren McGavin, it was Charles Grodin. Hilarious. Not and bad, uh, actually. and his, the mom was uh, Mary Steenburgen. Oh, wow. So it's like this kind of who's who of like mid '90s film, and I it just I I I've yet to meet someone else who remembers it. So that's yeah. The search continues, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> it was about like instead of you know a Red Rider BB gun, it was about like tops, like spinning tops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll so, give you a little weird deep cut movie connection. Speaking okay. of just watched again, um, I was actually I I quarantined straight for like a month and a half. So I finally went out and saw my parents, and I was staying with them. And I grew up playing ice hockey, too, so I'm a big Slapshot fan. Okay. I don't know if you guys – you know, Paul Newman's my favorite actor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was watching Slapshot again, and Melinda Dillon, who plays the mother in A Christmas Story, yes. mm-hmm. is in Slapshot, and you get to see her tits. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> of all the people – that yeah. you think like you're like oh oh yeah so wholesome Ooh. from a christmas story <laughs> and so motherly and then you're like ah oh, there's your tits we were talking about um uh the last episode with eddie uh eddie pence he had been showing his uh son his like you know favorite movies growing up and the one uh he showed him airplane and he oh, forgot geez. that had nudity in it he forgot it had <laughs> boobs in it and i i Jeez. look back at it and it's like it's rated pg yeah but that would never ever fly now can I tell you guys the craziest rating of all time? I want to know. Maybe even it's my favorite movie of all time, and no okay. one ever believes me when I tell them Jaws. Do you guys know what Jaws is rated? It's rated it's PG, G. right? Yeah, it's PG. Oh, yeah. oh, it is PG. It's yeah, insane. Yeah. That was before they had uh, PG thirteen, though. Oh, I really? Think, that maybe uh, makes a little bit of a difference, but uh, it's still, it's like brutal. You know, I believe. Yeah, for real, I believe, and. and I'd have to look this up, but I believe the first PG-13 movie is Gremlins because it's a like Spielberg, tr- like forced the MPAA to do that Funny, because be- it's because there was no like real middle ground uh, between PG because obviously PG like a PG Jaws right. and a PG Airplane would never, ever be PG now. So, so funny. Uh, the first ever PG-13 was Red Dawn. 
Red Dawn. Oh, okay. Great. Makes one. sense. I mean, that's the Absolutely. same year as Gremlins, but yeah. So yeah, yeah. Red Dawn. I mean, Red Dawn is. Oh, we were just uh, talking about that on my podcast. I, oh yeah, we're, I, I we're heard talking that. about kids outsmarting. I think you mentioned it. Yeah, the kids outsmarting the adults. Did you? Uh, uh, did you ever sorry. see the? Sorry, did you ever see the Red Dawn re- reboot or the remake? I watched a little bit of it. I think on HBO one night, uh, and I didn't sit through the whole thing. Fucking sucked. God <laughs> yeah, damn it. Yeah, I think that's what happened to me too. And you know what? It has it has that that attitude about it. So you know, like the. Uh, the deer blood drinking scene in the first film in Red Dawn or the original where they like kill the deer and they drink actually for some reason I've seen that movie a million times too they drink the deer's blood they kill it and it's like whatever right 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 so they do that scene in the remake but then they turn it into a joke so it's like it just totally undercuts like the whole self-seriousness of the first of the original film and then like they're always fucking it up yeah it's it's uh, the and same with foot. Isn't it like a North Korean thing too in the remake? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and famously, it was originally Chinese uh, soldiers, and they went and like CG'd uh, the North Korean flag over all their stuff because they didn't want to piss off China. Oh, in the, wow. in, the, That's in the film business. That movie, I, I have little recollection of it beyond that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me also, did you ever see the Footloose remake? I haven't seen the Footloose remake. That's where I draw the line. Okay. It was terrible, too. Um, I don't think it, Footloose originally is good enough for me to be like, I got to seek out the remake. Oh, agreed. <laughs> it's it's ridiculously stupid. But uh, the remake had a... Uh, so, like, the the tr- like the crash or whatever that inspires the town to <laughs> band, band dancing. <laughs> it It's literally scored to, like, a radio playing... Kenny Loggins Footloose. Yeah, yeah. And they talk about it. They like mention it. Like they're like, oh, Kenny Loggins Footloose. Like, well, where the fuck did that song come from in this movie's universe? Oh, that's hilarious. If this never happened. I, it's that the, is hilarious. When the movie's really bad, that's the dumb shit you think about is stuff right, like that. Right, right, right. Uh, no, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, just to get back to your point of crazy movie ratings, uh, I don't know if it was. I, I'm not sure how old you guys are. I'm 40 on the nose uh, for another month, and I'm, four, I'm 41. So yeah, okay, I'm right there yeah. with you. So when we were growing up, a those ratings obviously were a lot loosely, a lot looser on the restrictions. But also, if you were like me, like I would go on uh, school ski trips in like high school. I remember distinctly freshman year. So you're like 14, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. The two movies that they showed us on the drive up to Vermont from New Jersey were Slapshot and uh, we were just talking about it. What was it? an airplane? Oh yeah, yeah. That's I mean, I can and get... like I can't imagine that flying at all right now in, oh. in a high school like showing those two movies on a road trip. You know what I mean? It was it was like so I'm I'm 30 so I'm I'm 10 years younger and we took a trip. To NASA, we took a bus to NASA. That was our big thing in San Antonio, and uh, right. and I actually brought um, a, a VHS of Big Daddy to show on the bus, <laughs> and it got and some angry parent knocked it out in like five minutes and put in Stargate, and that's wow. that, that was Oof. so it didn't it didn't even last in like in <laughs> that was like two thousand. Now what well, is NASA? I've never heard of it. NASA? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a new, that's a new joke. Yeah, that's but, a, uh, <laughs> I like yeah. Cody. Cody was about to go off. <laughs> I was about to be like, well, actually. I couldn't let him hang out there. But yeah, I also just had very little supervision. 
Like my parents were just like, all right, he's happy in front of the TV and not causing any sort of ruckus. So whatever he's watching is fine. Well, my dad, my dad was a big part of, of showing me stuff like comedies, like oh, the, that's cool. the national lampoons vacation. I mean, that was a staple in our house. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's you know, really that, cool. And um, he, I remember, <laughs> I remember very distinctly, he took me and my sister and uh, there was like a neighbor uh, girl that um, was around Ooh, our, yeah. our age. Like, <laughs> it, wasn't hot, like Jared. it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was never like that. Peek in her windows. <laughs> uh, but he took us to see in the theater. He took us to see National Lampoon's European Vacation. <laughs> oh, which yeah, is a nice titty scene in there. Yes. And th- but it's but also it's like even outside of that, it's really, really vulgar. And oh, yeah. This this, this 30 year old guy had, you know, had like like three seven year olds with him. Like what the, f- <laughs> the fuck kind of movie going experience is that? But yeah, he that's was he, he was very big on uh, comedy. I mean, I mean, that's the reason I know Eddie Murphy so well. My dad had the albums. Oh, that's um, really cool. He'd be my like, my dad is very old and has maybe been to the movies. I would say, like, if I had to guess how many times in his life, it's under like a hundred. Really, like, actually going to the movie. I only, I've only gone to the movies with him twice in my entire life, maybe how, three times. How old yeah. is he? He's currently ninety six. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. <laughs> he might, he might predate modern cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So he could have like he could have seen like the Wizard of Oz like or like train day. going through yeah, yeah, building like, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Right, he remembers right. when they started talking. Yeah, he's talkies. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's old. Holy cow. Yeah, he's crazy old. He's got some uh but yeah, so like going to the movies just wasn't a thing that he ever did. And God bless him. The one Man. time uh, the few times I dragged him to movies, they were just awful, awful things. <laughs> well, I can't imagine I was on a hockey tournament in uh, in Lake Placid when I was maybe I don't remember, but I was young enough to want to go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, uh, oh. the the one with yes. the the ooze. I can't remember the whole title. It's a Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, Secret of the Ooze. Thank with you. With Vanilla Ice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that Ninja Rap. Yes, and yes, yes. Afterward, this might have done it because afterwards, my dad literally said this to like a twelve-year-old boy. He goes, "You can't pick the movie we see ever again." <laughs> so at, the, at this Just point, like cold-hearted. At that point, he's like in his sixties, right? Yeah, That's if like I was like twelve, he would have been. Let's see, he was fifty-five. He would have been like sixty-seven. Yeah. He had <laughs> yeah. it when he was like fifty-five. Oh wow! And you ha- and you dragged him to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. I remember <laughs> yeah. um, uh, my dad. My dad has always been more of a western or comedy guy. Uh-huh. And uh, we were on a family vacation. It was my mom's high school reunion. So we were in the middle of fucking Arkansas somewhere. And uh, it was the day Batman Forever came out. Ooh. And I remember I, I really wanted to see it. And uh, my dad really liked Tommy Lee Jones. So I I want to say that's the last movie we went to together, just him and I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he he literally fell asleep in the theater. That's great. I mean, Batman yeah, Forever is not a, a great problem with that too. Yeah, my dad will watch. Uh, my dad will fall. Asleep. My dad's the type of guy that falls asleep in front of the TV, like while the movie's playing, dude. And then he gets up and wants to rewind it. <laughs> like, like I know so, this. I know this reality all too well. <laughs> so you're like, well, son of a bitch. Like this I've already is, watched. 
a constant thing whenever I watch a movie with my dad to the point now where I've gone, dad, you keep, you fall asleep too much. I can't recap everything because <laughs> it, so yeah, he would, uh, every year, like it always seems that Shawshank redemption is on for Thanksgiving yeah. and the Godfathers are on a lot. And a Shawshank is a movie my dad has seen at least 50 times now. And then every Thanksgiving after dinner, it'll just be on. And my dad will be like, is this a good movie? And I'll be like, you've seen this 40 times, dude. <laughs> he's like, I wonder if he's going to escape. Yeah, he's just this kind of like old guy, like forget about movie mentality. I think that's just a thing because his memory's fine otherwise. It's just yeah. something from those guys from those generations. They can't remember movie plots or who's in them. I don't know why. Yeah, my my dad will watch. Um, <laughs> this is one of the funniest things uh, that I that I can remember when it came to my dad because he loves comedies, and uh, you know he'll rewatch Beverly Hills Cop or you know uh, Coming to America is another one he showed me young, and I mean fucking loved it. Yeah, but he'll he um, <laughs> one day, and this is in like ninety four ninety five, and so I'm not you know I was fifteen. 14, 15, something like that. Um, 16, I guess. And he had seen a commercial for this movie. And he's like, I really want you to track this. Can you help me find this movie? So he tells me about it. And I'm like, so I call all these video stores. And it turns out he was looking for clerks. Oh, really? And uh, when he watched it, he fucking hated it. <laughs> but then I took it and watched it and I fell in love with it. And that's when I started, that's started my Kevin Smith phase. But right, I, right. I don't know. I have no idea how, like what commercial he saw for this movie. That's so funny. Why he thought it would be something he would like. And then he, he, we rented it from who knows where blockbuster, I guess. Yeah. And he just hated it. And then oh, that's uh, so funny. I loved it, man. Oh, I did too. Um, I, and I really loved Mallrats. Um, same here. I like Mallrats a little better, actually. But, I think uh, it actually holds up a little better. Yeah, than, same yeah. here. Mallrats, I went to us, I went to Villanova University in like outside Philadelphia, and we had this yeah. closed circuit uh, movie channel that just played in the dorm rooms just 24 hours a day. It would play like three movies, but it was the same three <laughs> movies for like a month, and Mallrats was one of them. And in like 1999, when I lived in that dorm, I could recite that movie. From start to finish, just because it was on. It was like before cable really got, you know, we didn't have any like premium channels or anything. So you're just like, oh, yeah. it's on the movie channel. And it would always be mall rats. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see, I think, I feel like Cody, we talked about it on a previous show. Maybe it wasn't this one, but there's like a uh, the original cut of mall rats. Uh, oh, I think it was no, on the I DVD haven't. that like it starts with like a the governor like almost being assassinated or some sort of crazy ass plot line <laughs> that involves Jason Lee and uh, Jeremy London and like i think it got cut because whoever was the executive in charge of it was like they takes them like 40 minutes to get to the fucking mall that's hilarious. so it was cut and it's <laughs> it's just this nightmarishly long drawn out thing uh, that is uh, so funny. I, those, I have a those quick... movies are near and dear to my heart too because I'm from New Jersey and I know like I, I know all that culture. So I well. mean, I I love the, uh, the Clerks, Mallrats, and Chasing Amy. Uh, I love them. The rest of Kevin Smith stuff I can take or leave. Most of the newer stuff I can leave. But yeah, those three movies are. I mean, I I watched the shit out of those when I was in <laughs> high school and college. Speaking of uh, younger actresses who you know is a wholesome role, uh, Priscilla Barnes. 
Oh, plays, yeah. She's yes. in her tits in Mallrats, and she was Terry on Three's Company. Terry on Three's Company, yes. <laughs> I remember that. I, I never quite understood <laughs> why she ate the nipple in that scene. but Yeah, it just was like a quirky thing that you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, you get that... Um, Little brief scene of Joey Lauren Adams' boobs and uh, oh my god, how many times did you pause that? <laughs> she, um, man, she answer was... me, don't make me feel like a creep. Oh, did I pause that? <laughs> oh, uh, who, who knows? It probably that was probably where the wrinkle was on the tape. So, <laughs> <laughs> whoever got that at Goodwill when I finally gave it away and upgraded to the DVD was it's probably probably, it's probably to the point where they couldn't see anything at that point. When yeah, it's just a tracking it. error. <laughs> Yeah, uh, oh my god, um, I loved her. I loved Claire Forlani. What a hot kid. Oh, yeah. Man, Claire Forlani um kind of flew under the radar for a long time. Yeah. And I think I yeah. saw her recently like in some pharmaceutical commercial. That's oh, the Yeah, I remember that. That's the fucked up thing is getting old is seeing like like there's a whatever I've been streaming uh like TV-wise there's some like Jessica Alba like uh yogurt commercial or I don't know what it is, some supplement it's like, I'm a mom and three kids. I'm like, ah, fuck me. And just the inexorable march of time moves on. And like these, you know, women Brutal. that were, you know, <laughs> the hot stars are now like, uh, you know, they're talking about being moms. And I know it's crazy. And I got gray hairs. And uh, <laughs> I have a quick uh, I have a quick question uh, because you brought up you brought up Slashot a couple times in hockey. And this is the only time I'll ever get to ask in this context. Oh, God damn it. Because oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it's Jer- Jared. It's not what Jared is thinking. Jared is thinking I'm going to bring up the Mighty Ducks, which is not true. Uh, what? What? My my thing is, uh, I'm a big hockey fan, um, and I'm in Texas, so nobody else around me cares. But I feel like hockey's the one sport where they they like there's so few good movies about that sport. Like, there's very few hockey movies even made. Period. Right. But good ones is even harder to find. To me, the cream of the crop is the is. There's three of them. There's it's it's in no order. Miracle, Slapshot, and Youngblood. Mm, I don't Young know Blood. if you guys know Youngblood. It's from I the mid '80s. It's with Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. It's oh, a very young. Might have been Keanu Reeves' first movie. Um, it's a wow. really Ed Lau, uh, Ed Lauder's in it as the coach. Uh, it's a uh, Cynthia Gibbs is in it. She's oh, she's great too. And tits. I, <laughs> I didn't mean this to become specific. like uh, Mr. Skin. You know. Yeah, <laughs> Youngblood's great, and it's a really like good inside hockey kind of movie. It's a really really good uh, hockey movie, and it's got all this. It's got this great '80s cast in it too. And then Slapshot's just a classic comedy, and then you know Miracle is just a really good emotional, you know, true story biopic almost. I really yeah. dug Miracle. Uh, is that um, who's the director on that? He just did Gavin O'Connor. Else. Gavin O'Connor, yeah. Ah. Um. Uh. I, I liked Goon. I like Goon too. Goon's good too. Um, I do, the only one I remember too is do. Did you remember Mystery Alaska with Russell Crowe? I do, but I never, I never actually saw it. Oh really? I, yeah, I, I saw it when I was a lot younger. I, I kind of wonder if I don't even remember how it was received. I just remember I was into it because it was about hockey. But uh, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I was ten years old when it came out, so I don't. Um, I'll get killed for this, but the Cutting Edge is. Not a bad movie, even though it's not hockey, but there's hockey content. Okay, so that reminds me, you mentioned Slapshot earlier. Uh, Did you, and and the cutting edge just now, have you seen this like trend? And I don't know if it's still happening, but where they release these like decades later sequels. 
So there's a oh, slap yeah. shot. There's a slap shot too, and it just has the uh, what are the brothers' names? God damn it! Uh, uh, a Baldwin, I think. The 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 oh the Hanson brothers. Guy. Yeah 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 those guys the Hanson brothers. There's just those guys in it, and it's all new people. Of course, Paul Newman's not going to do it. You know, if he was, right. I don't even. I think he might have even been, been dead, dead since when 2003. It was so. Yeah, yeah, he might have been dead when it came out. But uh, uh, there's that, and then there's a few cutting edge sequels. I think. Uh, oh, I, that I don't know. Uh, it's just a weird. It's a weird trend that these like these. Let me let me look that up because there, there's because the it's Maura Kelly right in uh, the cutting edge. Uh, yeah, yeah, Maura Kelly. Yep, and uh, oh, what's his name? Uh, DB uh, Sweeney. DB Sweeney. Yes. So yeah, there. So there's there's actually uh, three sequels to uh, the Cutting Edge. Good, yeah. Uh, Slapshot Two. I'm, I found the DVD cover and it looks awful. It's Stephen Baldwin and Gary Busey. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> that fuck. sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's so got a zero percent on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> I, I'm just I, I'm it. It fascinates me that they're that they still do stuff like that. I mean, I guess there's some built-in audience, but I mean, if you if you're making if you're making a sequel to Slapshot, you know, twenty years later or however right. long later it was without Paul Newman, I mean, what even what's even the fucking point? Yeah, yeah, I forgot how fucking filthy it was and how glorifying oh. they make the fighting, but uh, it, it's still so fun and great. Paul Newman's just the best. What about uh, uh oh shit? What's the um, what's the Van Damme hockey movie? Oh, oh god damn it. That's uh is something maybe like overtime or isn't what is there it called? Uh, sh- what is it? God damn it, Cody, you should know. Sudden this. death. Sudden death. Sudden that's death. What it I knew it's something to do with overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Penalty shot? I don't know. Yeah, uh that's <laughs> that's the only other hockey movie I can remember. Uh by the way, speaking of filthy kids movies, have you watched either of you watched the Bad News Bears? Not the Billy Bob Thornton one, but the Walter Oh, Matthew. sure. Yeah. Man, that movie is so dirty. Yeah, I grew up with that one kind of uh, when I was a kid. Yeah, and then like the racial slurs they throw around, and I mean it's just a, it's such a different uh, time. What a time for... to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, anything else you've been streaming uh, that you uh, have uh, note of, Andy? Uh, just a couple of movies that I think we talked about when we were setting this up. Um, okay. Yeah, we'll uh, so... we'll. We'll get into that. So, so let's go ahead and get into the to the meat of the show here. So, oh, you sure. sent us some movies that you loved, and you you've got kind of a a more classic sensibility, like I said, than than some of yeah, our other guests. Like most of mine are from the seventies. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got Jaws, which we we can't really recommend. You know, we, we Cody and I have seen Jaws a million times a piece. Yeah, as it's well. just my. It, I mean, it's just my favorite movie. I I think it's a perfect movie to me. Have you, have you, by, <laughs> I agree with that. By the way, I think it's a perfect it, no, it, movie. It's a great. It's it's a perfect movie. I think um, it's probably uh, the one that that has. It's the best movie that has the worst sequels. Yes, I don't know that that's. A, I, I, I mean, don't know. I don't it, hate Jaws Part Two. I don't hate it. Um, have you watched I don't it even recently? Hate Jaws Three, but Jaws Four: The Revenge is is an abortion. Well, so so as a kid, the that was the first one I saw was Jaws Four. Um, just because it was on HBO and I turned it on in 1987 and my cousin had the Nintendo game. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Uh, where you had to like blow jaws up. Um, but then I, I finally <laughs> went back and watched the first one and I was like, holy shit, this is great. The second one I watched, I think I watched it like a year ago and it's uh, like a weird teen movie almost. Yeah. Yeah. And the, 
And the third one is just batshit stupid, but it's like a total 3D gimmick. But right. the fourth the fourth one still I don't holds hate a- the third one. What's that? I don't hate the third one too. I don't I don't hate it either, but it's 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 ter- like there's some terrible terrible special effects in that movie. Yeah, that's like true. like when Louis Gossett Jr. is watching the shark swim through the glass. Oh, right, man. right, right. Uh, but the f- <laughs> the fourth one is a terrible in a way that holds a it holds a place in my heart because it's so bad yep, and yep, so stupid. For most people, have you seen those, Cody? Have you seen any of the sequels? I I went to Jaws on the Water and we oh. watched Jaws four. Uh, <laughs> that was the oh, one. Oh, it was a it was a master pancake thing, right? Yeah, it was. Have you yeah. heard of that, Andy? I've heard of Jaws on the Water, but I'm not sure what Master Pancake is. It's like a um, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Oh, okay. Live. It's it's an Austin thing here. Um, gotcha. Uh, yeah, they uh, so they like live make fun of it. Um, it. Jaws on the Water is awesome. My wife and I have yeah. done it several times, and it's fucking awesome. There's a guy yeah, that swims I around. Wanted to do it. There's a guy that swims around with a red light, and he'll like grab your feet. Oh, like that's a scuba so great. diver. Uh, yeah, so any, we got off track again here, but, uh, yeah, so you like, like Jaws, you said Cool Hand Luke, um. Yeah, even uh, though that's 67, but, uh, anything from, you know, I love the era of the seventh, the decade, I think it's just the greatest, I love Network, I love a lot of Sidney Lumet, oh, yeah. like Dog Day, I mean, he really was on a tear there in the 70s, Lumet, but, yeah, uh, yeah. and then I like a lot of, I think the 90s is maybe my second favorite best de- uh, decade, I love, you know, like Boogie Nights, uh, um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of great stuff. All that, you know, Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, the Tarantino stuff. Silence of the Lambs is one of my favorite movies. So, uh, yeah, I kind of like Thriller, but then I always, I love that that 70s feel that the movies have to it. It's just, I don't know how to put it into words, but just it's like a little more gritty and it's a little more adventurous than you've ever seen before. Um, yeah, and one of the one of the most interesting things, I think, if when you rewatch movies like that, how much modern cinema was formed there? Sure. Like sure. you know, you can watch a movie from the '60s and you'll you know you'll be disconnected to it because it's a it's a weird like stagey style. Yeah. But then yeah. when you get to the '70s, is where it got more realistic and um, absolutely. You know, you know, if you try to rewatch some of that stuff now, having never seen it before, you might think like, oh, this is just derivative of everything I've seen before. Like, no, this is where that shit came from. But yeah. Um, yeah. So based on your recommendations, we put together uh, based on your uh, your the movies that you told us that you liked. We put together some recommendations. Cody, do you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? Uh, Cody, go did go. you disappear? So, oh, okay, go ahead. I me? thought you were gone. <laughs> He's a thinker. Yes, no, you were. It was just a very <laughs> long pause. I didn't. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I'll go first. So, um, <laughs> keeping in. Keeping in mind with the um, with the theme of the seventies, uh, I went with a movie uh, that uh, that takes place and is set in the seventies um, uh, that you can currently find on HBO Go or HBO Now, whatever your, uh, service you have, uh, which is uh, the Nice Guys. Uh, this is uh, we recently oh. just on on another podcast we had we uh, talked about Iron Man three and we talked a lot about Shane Black um, and. After what was ultimately, in my opinion, not the best, you know, thing that that he's ever done, and then I think, um, in, in between there, he uh, um, he he didn't make excuse me, he didn't make anything in between. So the nice guys was his very next movie, and I think that it really uh, kind of recaptured, I think, what what made him so great as a writer, but also as a filmmaker that you saw in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So it's sort of like a um, it's sort of like a buddy cop kind of movie. 
um, that takes place with uh, with Ryan Gosling in Russell Crowe. And I think that it is um, it is like peak Ryan Gosling. I think that it is my favorite performance that he's ever done. Um, and and it's basically their um, you know their private investigators who are trying to investigate uh, the disappearance of a of a teenage girl. And um, I, I just found it to be really funny, really quick witted, and, and has a lot of that Shane Black humor that um, I, I really like. Uh, I think he's a great writer, and I don't think that you know I think Iron Man three was sort of a waste of his dialogue skills. Um, but it's really funny. It's got a great, um, a great performance from, uh, I, I'm blanking on the name, but the, the girl who plays, uh, Ryan Gosling's daughter. Um, oh, Angori Rice. Angori Rice. Yes. She's really great in it. And I love the relationship between father and daughter and that it's, it's like a, um, uh, a, a really, um, it's sweet, but it's also, you know, she's, you know, she's super... like watching, she's like watching porn with porn stars, like taking <laughs> yes. their performance. Yeah, it's a super uh, adult kind of thing, but uh, but yeah, and, and I just think it's a really fun, energetic, captures the spirit and vibe of of the of the seventies era really well. Like great sets and costumes and stuff like that. But ultimately, at the end of the day, um, uh, it's it's a I think it's an interesting story that they tell because it's sort of, sort of like a, a disappearance or a murder mystery type thing. But it's got a really funny spin on it, and like I said. Um, Ryan Gosling is incredible in it. So uh, that's what I'm recommending to stick with the uh, 70s vibe. All right. Well, I'm going to recommend something that's just on the cusp of the 70s. And I'm kind of surprised that this is something I can recommend as something you haven't seen uh, in a long time. Uh, Andy, uh, as as we kind of uh, vetted our picks a little bit beforehand. (laughs) All right. um, Based on the the movies that you've told me, or that you've told us, 1969's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, your favorite actor, as you said, Paul Newman, <laughs> yep. uh, Robert Redford, uh, Catherine Ross, uh, 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 a non mustachioed Sam Elliott uh, is in it as a as a, a card player. Um, a screenplay by uh, William Goldman, who you may know a little more familiarly film there you may be a little ugh, son of a bitch you, you may be a little it. more familiar with uh uh his stuff like all the president's men and uh uh the princess bride uh just like like i mentioned earlier this sort of uh the 60s and 70s being the birth of the modern film this is as cody mentioned with the nice guys a buddy film this is the the movie that spawned all buddy films without butch <laughs> cassidy and the sundance kid you're not going to have lethal weapon you're not going to have the nice guys. You're not going to have anything else that's this buddy cop sort of wisecracking uh, uh, duo. Uh, it's kind of the uh, the uh, origin of the antihero. Uh, you know this this sort of lovable rascal. Uh, you don't have Han Solo without without uh, Newman's. Um, you don't have Han Solo without either. I mean, it's Han Solo is kind of a mixture of Newman and Redford, I believe. Uh, going. You know, if you if you trace back all of the the character elements, um, you've got uh, uh, this sort of mysterious enemy that, as we mentioned, Mallrats. Uh, Kevin Smith flat out stole the name Lafors from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, it's it's a it's a classic film. Um, y- you know, it, if it's one of those movies that you know that that modern audiences may not be too interested in i don't think just on the face value because it looks like a western but it's really not a western it's not a john wayne western 
It's not these uh, uh, John Ford style. You know, it's not the searchers. It's not right. some grand epic thing. It's a it's almost a comedy. Um, and there's there's a goofball score by Burt Bacharach. Uh, there's <laughs> the origin of, of playing uh, raindrops keep falling on my head is from this movie sung by B.J. Thomas. And it, there's a, a scene that I can only assume was a bunch of drugs that made it happen. Uh, that ha- features that song, but that is currently uh, um, well, it's 51 years old now, which is crazy to think that there's. Uh, it's got like a 30 year old Robert Redford, a 40 year old Paul Newman. Like it's it's amazing how how well this movie holds up that far uh, removed. But that is my recommendation. So Andy, your choice is between the Nice Guys. Uh, featuring uh, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe, or Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, featuring your favorite actor ever, Paul Newman. So don't tell us right now. Don't tell us which one you're going to pick. We're going to wait. We're going to watch the movie you recommend. Then we'll come back uh, in our next episode, and you'll tell us what you've picked, and we'll award some arbitrary points and shit. Yeah, and it's currently, Um, um, the point is four to two, right? Four to two uh, in favor of Cody. Yeah. So... Yeah. So um, now you have a recommendation for us. Yes, I do. So lay it on us. All right. Well, I was uh, sitting at home in the quarantine and I was kind of at the end of the rope with what I had left to watch. So I was scanning through Netflix and I kind of came upon this movie from 2017. It's a crime thrillerish kind of thing. Uh it's written and directed by a guy I'm not familiar with his work, Rick Roman Waugh, and it's called Shot Caller. It stars, Shot Caller. yeah. Uh, okay. It's, uh, I won't give too much away, but essentially, it has uh, Jamie Lannister, Nikolaj Coster Waldo, however the hell you say his name. Nicol- yeah, Nikolai Coster Waldo, <laughs> I think. Right. So right, Jamie, right. okay. And uh, John Bernthal, Lake Bell. It's a really underrated cast, and I was quite happy with the uh, random selection that I made. So I figured, why not pay it forward? And I enjoyed the movie, so I'm hoping you guys will too. It's a sh- it's called Shot Caller, okay, and it's on Netflix right now. Correct. So cool. So we will watch that. Um, you will watch uh, one of our selections, and then when we come back uh, next week, we'll discuss it and uh hopefully i'll get some points out of this uh so i can draw even with cody in this meaningless com- competition we've concocted <laughs> it's only um, meaningless because you're losing right now <laughs> <laughs> uh so uh yeah um andy again thanks for joining us you've got uh defend your movie with sean donnelly that's twice weekly now yeah twice once or twice a week <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on that managed to get together but uh, every, without a doubt, every ep- new episodes are every Friday. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, it's a fun podcast. We talk about movies as well, obviously. And then you can uh, listen. I have a, like an interview show on uh, Sirius XM. The Raw, Raw Report. Dog. Uh, it's called The Raw Report. It's on Raw Dog, the channel, which is channel 99. And they're doing a cool thing. Through the end of May, you can sign up for Sirius XM for free for, uh, for that whole month. And it won't. there's no commitment. There's no charge. So if you like what you hear, uh, sign up. Very nice. cool. Um, yeah, driving, not driving. I've I haven't listened to Sirius XM in my car I for know. like a month, so I've just been on the app. So it's <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's weird to like. Oh, I've got satellite radio in my app. I know. Give it a whirl. No, I I have a I've had a subscription for Jesus fifteen years now. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's been uh, 
that another thing I inherited from my dad is that he loves he that loves is. his set. He lives. I think it. I don't think his his uh, radio ever leaves Raw Dog, or it's either Raw Dog or Willie's Place. Oh, that's it's like great. one of those two. So um, very cool. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm looking forward to uh, discussing our movies. Cool, thanks. Uh, so if, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. You can find us on Twitter at Cinesnob. Uh, Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. You can listen to our other podcasts, the Cinesnob Podcast, where we re- we're reviewing um, uh, VOD movies right now because there's nothing in theaters. Uh, and then we have Re-MCU, where we are re-watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe and recapping that. Our latest episode features Iron Man 3 with comedian Jerry Rocha, uh, who is probably the biggest Shane Black fan Um out there and loves Iron Man three. Uh, please uh, subscribe to those podcasts. Leave us a rating. We're trying to get uh, seen in the algorithm. That's the biggest problem here is trying to get seen in the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So uh, leave us a five star review and a rating, uh, or leave us a five star rating and a review if you don't mind. Anything else, Cody? Uh, you can find me uh, with uh, Jerry Roach and Eddie Pence uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the Ramble. There's three different shows, um, and that's all. Oh, and you can find my uh, my writings on uh, thehardtimes.net. Um, I've got a few things here and there. You guys are busy. Got to got to keep something happening when it's, you can't do anything else. The funny thing about it is that we are we are doing more of this stuff than we were when we were like able to do whatever we wanted. Like we we would go oh. months at a time without doing any podcasts at all, and now we we have three of them going every week. <laughs> All right, uh, Andy Fiore, thanks for joining us. Uh, I'm Jerry Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. 